Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. The discovery that Walter Huffman, dealer in precious gems, had disappeared led Clark Kent to believe that Huffman was responsible for the brutal murder of Dr. Chi Wan, oriental scholar and art dealer. And two, that Huffman had in his possession the dragon's teeth, ten pieces of pure jade that hold the secret of everlasting life. Investigation proved Kent was right. Huffman and Hu Ling, a former Chinese employee of Dr. Wan, are even now en route by transport plane to California, there to board a China-bound boat. As our story continues today, Kent and Lois Lane, star girl reporter, are following in the next plane. Listen. According to this timetable, we'll land at San Francisco about midnight. Huffman only has a two-hour start on it. Well, that may be more than enough, if he can catch a boat. Well, you checked on that before we left, didn't you? Yes, there's a freighter sailing from San Francisco at midnight. I wish you hadn't insisted on coming along, Lois. I could have handled this much better alone. Well, the miracle man. No, I, I I didn't mean it that way, Lois. Well, how did you mean it? Now, don't tell me you could have gotten to San Francisco faster than this plane is taking us. Well, maybe you can fly. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Well, now you're being silly. Oh, no, not at all. You do everything so well, it isn't beyond the realm of possibility to believe that you can float through the air with a greater speed. Oh, let it go. We've got a long trip ahead of us, so just relax. Passing over the Mississippi. We're 20 minutes behind schedule. Well, it looks like bad weather ahead. Oh, really? Uh-huh. See those dark patches ahead of us? Storm clouds. Well, here comes one of the pilots. Ask him. Oh, sure. We're running into bad weather, aren't we? Oh, nothing serious. Gee, I hope not. Don't worry, miss. Don't worry, huh? Well, there really isn't much to worry about. These big ships are safe enough. You know, I was thinking that unless we can prove Walter Huffman had something to do with Chi Wan's murder, we'll... We're just wasting time and money making this trip. Well, what about the dragon's teeth? The ten pieces of jade? That, I think, is a fairy tale. Do you believe it? Believe what? That the dragon's teeth are endowed with magic property. Well, nobody said they were. According to Dr. Wan, each of them is engraved with a Chinese symbol that identifies a medicinal herb found in the mountains of West China. I know. And when the ten herbs are ground into a powder, that powder will render the human body free of disease forever. My, that'll put an awful lot of doctors out of business. Well, there may be more to it than you think, Lois. The Chinese, in some respects, are remarkable people. After all, they did discover gunpowder centuries ago. This may be another remarkable discovery that has remained a secret for thousands of years. Well, I'm from Missouri. you got to show me. Oh, what happened? We hit an air pocket. It's getting a little rough. You better fasten your safety belt. Okay. There. There now. Say, what happened? Did we run into a storm? Did they land? 
No, no, they usually ride it out by flying above it. Well, they're gaining altitude now. You're not frightened, are you? Cruz, no, but I don't like it too much. Hey, my ears are beginning to ache. Try and yawn. That usually helps. Oh, here. Chew this piece of gum. Oh, thanks. Oh! Another pocket. Well, what makes a plane drop like that? Well, it's like being on a boat in a rough sea. You ride up to the crest of a wave and then drop down into the trough. Instead of sea waves, we're running into air waves. That's about the size of it. Is your belt fastened? Yeah. Well, we'll probably find good weather further up. They usually do. Clark, we're turning over. No, we're not. Just pitching and tossing a little. Well, I'd feel better if there were more passengers on board, you know it. Well, there are just two men up front. Really, Lois, there's really... <laughs> oh, oh, that was a bad one. Well, I heard something fall. Yes, I did. The stewardess. She struck a head on a chair arm in the rear of the plane. I'll be right back, Lois. Don't leave me, please, Clark. I'm frightened. Now, just sit tight. Nothing can happen. Well, hurry back, will you? Oh, this steward has got a nasty crack. Hot coals. I'll just sit her up in a chair. Yeah. Yeah, that's better. Probably just stunned. Hey, but those motors. They're missing badly. I'm beginning not to like this. Those motors can't count on him. We'll crack up. Maybe I'd better take a hand as Superman. First, out with the lights. Where's that switch? Now, oh, here it is. Where are you? Uh, uh, right here, Lois. Be right with you. Now, the only emergency exit is in the pilot's room up in the nose of the ship. But the door's locked. I could crash through it, but... No, wait. Stewardess has the key. Ah, here it is, right here in her pocket. Boy, those motors won't hold out much longer. We're losing altitude fast. No time to wait. Hope Lois doesn't see me as I pass her seat. Well, here goes. Ah, made it without being seen. Now to slip the key into the door. There you are. Hey, what are you doing in here? Never mind that now. This ship's in trouble. You get back where you belong. Hey, Joe, get that guy out of here. Okay. Sorry I have Come to do on, this, buddy, mister. Oh! And now you, Captain. You get away from me or I'll kill you. Put that gun down. Put it down, I said. I want you. Quick shot. That bullet. It just bounced off your chest. There isn't time to explain that now. Sweet dreams, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's in a spin. I hope I haven't waited too long. The altimeter. Only 7,000 feet. There's only one thing to do. Get out of this plane and carry it down. Oh. Uh, you're all right, Lois. Here, drink some water. Oh. What happened? Oh, nothing at all. You just fainted. The plane... It was falling, twisting, and then everything went black. Yes, but the pilot managed to land in an open field. Well, where are we now? In a hotel, five miles from where the plane came down. Now, look, Lois, I've uh, I've got to go on, and well, I don't think you're in any condition to travel. Certainly not by plane. But there's a storm. The plane can't be flying. Well, uh, I've arranged for a private ship. Well, you can't fly in weather like this. It's suicide. Well, the pilot of this plane is an ex-army aviator. He'll get through. Now, you'd better spend the night here and then take a train back east in the morning. All right, if you insist. I think it's best. Tell Mr. White I'll call him the moment something breaks. So long. Bye. And good luck. Thanks, Lois. As he stepped from the elevator on the main floor of the hotel, Clark Kent walked quickly through the lobby, confident that now he could be waiting at San Francisco when Huffman arrived. But unknown to him, two bright, beady eyes followed him. The eyes of Walter Huffman. Suddenly, the jeweler speaks with a sallow-skinned oriental at his side. 
fooling. Did you see that man who just passed through the lobby? Yes, Hoffman. I may be wrong, but he looked very much like that newspaper reporter who came to see me. Uh, Kent, I think his name was. Remember I told you about him? Yes, I, I remember. Was that not why we left so quickly because of him? Exactly, Huling. I thought they were suspicious, those newspaper people. How did he find out we were here by this hotel? That's what bothers me. He couldn't possibly know I decided to stop off here for a few days in case we were being followed. Mm, it's strange. Very strange. Maybe you are mistaken. Possibly. I'll see. You wait here. I beg your pardon, but is there a Mr. Kent registered? Mr. Kent, I'll see. No, sir, we have no Mr. Kent. A newspaper reporter from the East? No, I'm sorry. Oh, did you say newspaper reporter? Yes, from the Daily Planet. Well, now, we, we have a young lady reporter registered, Miss Lois Ling. She was a passenger on that plane that made a forced landing. And uh, now that you speak of it, sir, there was a gentleman with her. And I think his name was Kent, but he didn't register. What room is Miss Lane in? Uh, Miss Lane is in uh, 507. Thank you. Thank you. He was right, Oling. It was Kent. What do we do now? He's not registered, but another reporter is a, a young lady. Follow me. Yes, sir. Fifth floor, please. Good night. Good night, sir. Now, listen closely. The girl, her name is Lois Lane, is in room 507. I must find out what she and Kent are doing here. I will pretend I'm a friend of Kent's. You remain here in the hall. He returns before I'm through. Lead him away on some pretext. You understand? Hmm. I understand. Perfect. Good. I won't be long. Who's there? Miss Lane? A friend of Mr. Kent. How do you do, Miss Lane? My name is Smith. Yes? I met Mr. Kent in the lobby. He's an old friend of mine. Well, won't you come in? Thank you. Mr. Kent said you had a rather frightening experience. Your plane was forced down? Yes, it was terrible. I don't suppose I'm much of an air traveler. How long do you and Mr. Kent expect to stay here? Well, Clark's left already. He's on his way to the coast. I'm returning east by train tomorrow. Oh, Mr. Kent is on his way to the coast. Uh, Business, perhaps? Yes. Uh, did you say your name was Schmidt? Edward Schmidt. Well, if your name's Schmidt, what are the initials W.H. doing on that handkerchief in your breast pocket? I, uh... I know who you are. You're Walter Huffman. Operator. Operator. Put down that phone. Operator. Oh! Now, pick your phone up. Replace the receiver on the hook. What do you want? Answer it. It was a mistake. Answer it. Do you hear me? Never mind, operator. It, it was a mistake. With Superman a thousand miles away, what will Lois Lane do? Can she alone outwit Huffman and Hooling? Don't forget to tune in next time for another thrilling episode in this strange oriental drama. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman!
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.